Hello again. In um, this podcast, just to say something different, sorry that wasn't my back breaking, that was my chair. I wanted to talk about colour and black and white. I quite often see people, it might be on Instagram or it might be elsewhere, where they're asking for people's opinion about which version do they prefer and usually it's a colour version against the black and white version of a photograph. So I thought I'd just spend one of these podcasts having a short chat about where you should use colour and where you should use black and white and even the word should <laughs> as I said it um, I would change that to where do you choose black and white over colour or vice versa. Now obviously this is a um, very personal choice you might also have a style that leans towards one or the other so that also is an obviously uh, obviously an important choice when it comes to this but I'll talk broadly about the difference so between the two. So very briefly, when you're shooting in colour, you are to a large degree, depending on what you do with it in post-processing, but you're shooting what we see every day. So you're shooting the familiar. When you switch to black and white, what you're tending to do is bring out shapes and textures. So that's the very first thing to think about. Now, going beyond that, you can take that a stage further and describe shooting in colour as descriptive. So it's documentary in one sense. You're recording what the eye sees. So it's a very descriptive form of photography. Whereas when you go into black and white, because you're putting the emphasis more on shapes and textures, and they tend to become clearer in black and white, you could argue that what you're setting up is a more interpretive version of that scene, whatever it might be. What you're doing is you're taking the viewer away from what they would normally see. We as human beings tend to see in colour. And you're getting your viewer to see a certain scene or a person or whatever it might be in a way that they wouldn't normally see them. And in fact, it's pretty much impossible for them to see in most cases without taking a photograph in black and white or converting a colour photograph to black and white. And where you can use this in portrait photography, um, I have a favourite quote, it's from a guy called Ted Grant. And the quote I love is that when you photograph people in colour, you photograph their clothes. When you photograph people in black and white, you photograph their soul. Now, you may not agree with that, or you might feel that goes a little bit too far, and whatever, that's fine. But I think the point is that when you photograph in black and white, you're inviting your viewer to see your subject in a different way. And I do this with animal photography. Some of my favourite photographs, particularly of elephants, are black and white photographs, because they really begin to show the texture of the skin and the folds in the skin and that would say something about the age of the animal maybe about how tough their skin has to be to survive in the environments that they're in so equally with portraits particularly with older people it's worth experimenting with black and white and looking what happens to, to the lines in their face does their face in black and white tell more of a story than perhaps the same shot in colour? So that's one thing to think about. Now, obviously, another 
aspect of this is how you're using light, how you're using contrast when you're, particularly when you're um, showing that particular um, subject in black and white, because by varying the contrast, by being selective in how you use your lighting, whether it's a hard front lighting, they might be side lit to really bring out the shadows. All of these things have an impact and you can create a very impactful black and white photograph where the same uh, photograph in color may not produce such an impactful result. So it's just another thing to think about. Now, another way to answer the question when you have two versions of the photograph, one in color, one in black and white, is that having the color there or shooting in black and white, which one supports your subject more? Or is there a distraction? Now, I'm, I was, what kind of prompted this was looking at um, a photograph that somebody had posted on Instagram and it was asking for um, in, just input and preference on two versions of this shot. And what it was, it was a lady in a white dress standing in um, what looked like to be a, a kind of rural environment with some old wooden doors either side. Now, the wooden doors had graffiti on them, which was sprayed on in um, sort of red and yellow, that, those kind of colours. And that was my immediate thought when I was looking at the two photographs. For me, in black and white, my eye was drawn to the, the lady in the photograph. My eye was drawn to the subject first. But when I looked at the colour photograph, my eye was drawn to the graffiti on these doors. Now, I don't know what the photographer wanted to do in that situation. But for me, if you've taken um, a photograph of somebody, presumably you would want them to be the, the focus of the shot. No matter how you compose the shot, that might not be dead centre. They might, might be off to one side, you might use the rule of thirds or one of the other composition rules just to create more interest. But ultimately, in my opinion, when you have a person in the photograph, you're telling some sort of a story about that person. So if that's what's going on, then I would suggest that your choice of whether it's color or black and white would be all about which best supports the subject, which draws your eye takes your eye on a journey through the photograph that finishes with your subject. Now, another thing that you can look at kind of relating to this is um, how much color, because one of the things I like to do sometimes, more when I'm doing portrait work, is to vary the saturation. And if I've got somebody who's dressed in predominantly black and white, but they might have color somewhere, so it might be in a t-shirt, it might be in something they're wearing, I'll quite often play with the saturation so that with what they're wearing, and bear in mind that colors like reds and, and to, to a less degree yellows, we tend to get drawn to them. They tend to be warning signs in nature, so we're kind of pre-programmed to look at them. What's the difference in the photograph? What's the difference in the feel of the photograph and the subject of the photograph when you vary the saturation? Now, obviously, what your background is will also have a bearing on this. But if you're against a fairly neutral background and you have someone in fairly neutral color clothes, but you have one color highlight, as it were, what difference does it make to the composition and the feel of that photograph as you vary the saturation of the colors you're using? 
And as I record this, I've just posted um, a photograph on uh, Instagram and I've been playing with some wildlife photographs where I've been desaturating them. So they're not black and white, there is color in there. But what I see with a lot of wildlife photographers is they tend to oversaturate. And in fact, a lot of photographs I see, um, both wildlife and nature, tend to be oversaturated. And one of the guides I use when I'm just looking at the saturation of an image is to look at the grass because most of us see grass <laughs> one, one way or another. Um, so hopefully, you know, you're close to nature so you can see grass or in your garden or whatever. So we know what grass looks like. We know how green it is, um, you know, as a, a, a general guide. And we'll know when something looks kind of too green and oversaturated. So that's my guide when I'm looking at a natural saturation in, in a photograph. But obviously there are situations where I might deliberately oversaturate. It might be a particular look I'm going for. It might be um, a, a sequence of photographs that I'm putting together. And part of the theme of the sequence is to have a high saturation, so very strong colors in there. Equally, I might look at putting together a sequence where the saturation is fairly low. So we're on the edge of going into black and white photographs and pushing the um, the emphasis more onto shapes and textures. Now a final thing to think about with um, looking at black and white and colour is, I, I've seen this elsewhere and I, I happen to agree with it, I think black and white photographs have a timeless quality to them. So I mean it obviously depends on your subject as well but there's something that with certainly with the pictures I've taken, they could have been taken today or they could have been taken 100, 200 years ago. Um, in, the, in Well, not quite 200, but the early days of photography because there's no clue about the age and the colour. Whereas if you look at some colour photographs, and here I'm thinking 70s, 80s um, photographs, there's a definite colour cast to a lot of them. Anything that was shot, shot on a, a, a certain colour negative films, um, they will often have a certain cast to them and you can immediately date them by looking at the colour. So again, is that something that you want? Do you want something to look timeless or do you want to make the image look like? It might have come from the 80s or the 70s and in fact it might be something you've, you've just shot. So this is just another thing to consider when you look at whether you, <coughs> excuse me, whether you produce your work in color, black and white, both, or maybe some variation of one or the other, which might be a very strong, very strongly saturated color photograph or a very high contrast black and white, because those two versions, to, to, to some extent, those ends of the scale will produce very different images. They'll have a very different feel. And um, if this isn't something you've played with, I certainly guarantee, uh, recommend that you um, um, experiment with it, whether you're using Photoshop or something else. Most editors give you some control over um, the color saturation or whether it's black and white and then contrast and, um, and brightness and, and all these kind of things. So if you haven't tried it before, just play around, do some test shots and just edit them, maybe on your phone or um, uh, if on your camera if you can or on your on your computer whatever you're using and just see what the difference is with um, just a kind of ordinary shot maybe the kind of photograph that you would usually take 
because that might give you some ideas uh, when you take your next set of photographs, whatever they may be of, and it might give you um, another way of varying your style or maybe even steering your style as it develops down a, a different path, maybe one you hadn't thought of before. Okay, well, that's it from me. I don't think I have anything more to say on that, but hopefully that's given you some food for thought and um, I will speak to you again in another podcast. So bye for now. Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for with my podcast, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 